We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. The whole burst to it. 20. Right. Steps a tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. It's been a long haul since we've been able to go on the air. It's been a rough couple weeks, I can tell you that. Just, um, just with life happening as the end of the school year comes in for me. So apologize for not being as regular as we'd like, but we're here in time for the draft. We're going to be hammering out the draft podcasts as the week goes on. And then, of course, a tour of the league is coming up. Perfect timing to get back into it. Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm hanging in there like you, sir. want to give a shout-out, say excuse me to all our fans if my voice sounds a little raspy, but that's what goes on in high school coaching, trying to get guys in the right places. Sometimes you got to give the uh, ref a little bit of an earful, let them know you are breathing on the sidelines. So uh, that's a 
what's up with the voice. But other than that, man, going good. And uh, actually got a little rain today. Rain? In California? Rain. No way. Oh, yeah. April showers bring May flowers. It is April. It's almost May. And almost rain in Southern California. How's temperatures there, by the way? Temperatures are good. They crept up into, shoot, the 90s uh, last week. And then uh, end of the week, they kind of dropped down in the low 80s. And so it's been good, but it's going to heat up pretty quick. So break out the Bermuda grass. There you go. Break it out. Talking grass? Yes, it's been that kind of month. Not a whole lot going on with the Rams. It's a little bit unusual for them to kind of slow down to the point where we're not able to really talk too much about them, which is good for us, good timing for us, because we have not been able to be on the air the way we'd like to be. But yet, you know, there's not a whole lot there. There's just not. Even the draft this year, Mike, I don't know if you noticed it. Like, we don't even know half these guys this year because there was so much less football on in the fall that we didn't really get much of a chance to know these, these players. And here they are about to be drafted. I'm very curious about how well these teams know these players in this draft compared to past drafts. We know how much research goes into it and so on and so forth. But how much in a COVID world were these guys able to really figure out who these players are and what they're capable of? Yeah, it's uh, one of those tough calls. I know uh, talking to scouts about some of our prospects, uh, not so much 2021, but 2022s, uh, a lot is going on at the college level. You know, you have the transfer portal, so a lot of guys moving here and there. But uh, they had to rely a lot upon film, whether it was last year, if your team didn't play this year, uh, or this year, uh, and not so much going out and seeing guys up front. So it'll the guys who show up on tape, are going to be the guys who somewhat move to the front of the pack. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be top stars or guys that would disappear. But uh, tape has been the way, uh, film, if you will. And uh, But, yeah, I, I, I agree that it's, it's impossible to kind of know these guys uh, when you're just looking at film. You want to know a little bit more about their personalities and, and hear them talk and just, you know, hear some of their goals and dreams. And that can – Sometimes signal this guy would be a good fit for our team. Uh, but a lot of that is, you know, not able to be done. You know, obviously, I'm sure they're talking on the phone. But, you know, it's good to be able to look a guy in his eye in his eyes and, and see what's going on. So you think this is a year we'll see more bust than usual? Or what do you think we'll see? Well, it, it seems like you would. But I also think that you're going to see maybe some guys who may not have gotten a chance get a chance, which for those players who are really hungry, they may end up being uh, those jewels and those finds that teams find that go, oh, man, this kid is really good. So uh, I think we're going to see a little of both. But, yeah, you may lean a little bit more to guys not panning out uh, as in years past when you've had a chance to see them at the different bowl games. Uh, the different scene on all those good stuff and just private workouts. So take a look now at the Rams and where they are. I I would think there are certain things they need to get done this draft, especially in that second to four round area where they're 
That's going to be the beef of the draft this year. There's not a whole lot there for them. Well, there won't be. I mean, I mean, I might be retired by the time the Rams pick in the first round again. So, you know, that that section of the draft, second, third, fourth round, where there are definitive deficiencies on the roster is going to be critical. Where do you think the Rams are going? Well, it seems like they're they're going to be looking obviously at the O line. Uh, Big Wit probably this will be his last hoorah. Uh, also at the wide receiver, uh, obviously we picked up uh, D Jack is uh, he's known in the 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 neighborhood world, uh, but because of his uh, ability to not be on the field for sixteen games in a number of years. It's hard to say how reliable he can be. So it looks like wide receiver is going to be up there as well. Uh, but I look at O-line or wide receivers is what they'll try to do at least early in that second round. I'm wondering, too. I, I've seen so many different mock drafts, and very few of them actually have a center. I mean, we don't really have a center. Awesome buy is gone. Unless you're going to go back to Brian Allen. And I'm pretty sure they didn't like that experiment. I mean, maybe he's better off now than it was a couple years ago. I would think you draft a center. I'm seeing a couple mock drafts or interior linemen. They didn't. They let Blythe go, and they could have paid to keep him. I'm wondering what's going on with the center. That's to me a huge need, and it needs to be filled pretty soon. It can't be somebody you just go out there and grab off the streets. Or can it? Now, I, yeah. Well, I think these are where the scenes go on. They go like, okay, why would they do that if they don't really have a replacement? So my mind would tell me they have someone in mind for that center position. And I haven't looked at the, the, the Lions roster or where they're center, but, you know, maybe it's a guy that's already played with staff who comes over or comes from another team. And again, I don't know if you go back a year or two, uh, whoever his center has been, and maybe they feel like they got an ace in the hole with, with a former center that, that maybe has played for him. Or with that, him, rather. But that's kind of what I'm wondering. Like, Is there, is there somebody they believe is going to be available? Is there somebody in the draft they are definitively sure they're going to take and they know they're going to be there, which is a kind of a hard thing to try and predict. I wonder about that. I wonder what the, what their plans for for you know Big Wit. I mean, we looked at what they did with him with his contract. This, I mean, to me, it pretty much all but guarantees he's gone after this year. So, what about left tackle? There, they have their left tackle. The future there already. Don't have to worry about. It, or do you address left tackle? The more most important need right now is going to be center. So. With those needs that are still out there, you can't. We're not going to forget about potentially the linebacker position, edge rusher. There are actually quite a few roster needs here to kind of get this roster set. And a lot of we've talked about this over and over again ad nauseum. We're doing this with a rebuilt coaching staff and a rebuilt front office department. Because so many people left in the offseason. And this I mean, this is a huge challenge for the Rams. It's a huge challenge for the organization they've built. And can they overcome again? We're going to find out. But it may take us a while to find out. What do you think? What's your prediction here? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
again, as you said, we we've talked about it a little bit round and around. Uh, but you know, again, if you're thinking trying to go high, maybe for a center, uh, I know my years we we brought in Tim Ruddy. And he was able to make the transition from college to uh, starting center, kind of start take. He took over for Doug Smith uh, shortly once we got after camp. So you you got to find a guy like that. Uh, actually, wasn't even here. Was actually in Miami. What am I talking about? Uh, Tim Ruddy when he took over for uh, I believe it was Delabac. One of the But anyway, he came in in Miami, not not the Rams. Uh, but anyway, the thing is, you have the line, you definitely have the left tackle position. But again, if you're trying to ask a rookie to come into any one of those roles, tackle or center, you're asking a lot. and You have to have a real special person that can do that at the NFL level. You know, usually that's at least, you know, one year get to know uh the system scheme the speed unless obviously they just have to throw you in there because of injury uh but i don't know that you want a rookie center you know having to help make all the checks especially with this offseason still being somewhat COVID protocol still going to be probably on zoom at least early on so you're somewhat going to be in the same boat you were last year of trying to teach guys systems and they're not technically at your facility. So, yeah, interesting minds, interesting minds want to know. Uh, well, and I got I got to put it this way out. The the 4 years ago, I am I am completely beside myself with the, with the possibility that we can see here because the team had failed us over and over and over and over again. They had been complete and total failures for over 15 years. And now this is an organization that is become a winning organization. Jeez. I mean, if it, the team goes nine and seven there, you got fans calling now for they face firing. Yeah. we haven't seen a four win Four straight winning seasons since eighty three, eighty six, but yet here we go. You know, we'll see that. That's how the expectations have changed. So when they've changed so much, and they are now in a position where you expect them to perform at every level, like they have in the last four years. Part of me thinks they will. They will go. I mean, even with all the changes. They've had a knack for hiring the right people, and they've had a knack for finding a way through it. And, and, and interestingly enough, today, by the way, I saw a post from Sports Illustrated where they made the argument that, that the Titans won the trade with the Rams. And even going back to that trade with the Rams, that got Jared Goff, I don't see how they won the trade yet. Derrick Henry may wind up being everything and more, but even going back then, Jared Goff still took the team to a Super Bowl. So even in the team's failures, in the last couple of years, where things didn't work out like we wanted to, they still have four shit-winning seasons, a Super Bowl appearance, two division titles, three playoff appearances. I mean, this is a pretty accomplished era, and it gives me a little bit of solace, Mike, to know that when it comes down to it, we can have a little bit of faith in what they're doing, right? I mean, I think we can. Well, I mean, there's no doubt about that, but 
as you said, at the end of the day, especially at the NFL level, it comes down to wins and losses. And those come down to who you draft and who pans out. I mean, we've seen year in, year out. Yes, there are sure number one draft picks that come in and you go, that's why they're number one. Then there are guys you go, how did they become a number one? And then you see every year a late round or free agent person just come to the top and you go, well, how come this guy wasn't like a first, second, third round guy? How did he become a free agent? So the thing about the draft, that's why I think everybody gets so excited about draft day is because you're looking at your team and you're going to say, okay, what is our need? Do we go for our need? And then if we do, do we get the guy that, oh, everybody kind of figures, yeah, that's a shoe-in person, or do they go opposite direction? So uh, I think the Rams, not I think, the Rams have done an outstanding job. A lot of the draft picks have panned out and are solid, steady players. Uh, but now this year's draft, the stakes are a little bit higher than maybe in past years. You know, you have to somewhat hit a home run so that you can ensure certain winning traditions, if you will, but a little bit further uh, than the first round of the playoffs. I mean, that's what you want, right? More than first round. Before we move on. Well, let me throw this at you real quick, DC. Sure. Uh, Landon Dickerson, 6'6", 326 senior. You know, he got hurt in that last game. Uh, has a number of injuries, but I'm just seeing this report talking about he might be able to fall to the Rams at 57, but he has a lot of these injury concerns. What would you think about a guy like that? He had a torn ACL in 2016, season ending uh, right ankle injury in 217, another left ankle sprain kept him off the gridiron on most of 218, then a torn left ACL in that late season. Uh, keeping him out of the senior bowl. Would you take a flyer on a guy like that? Given how big of a need it is? No, I wouldn't. And it's not that you can't come and have it. It's not that you can't have a successful career, but I don't think people really understand the mechanics of the, of, you know, the body when it comes to ligaments and muscles. You know, when you sprain your ankle for the first time, once you sprained that first time and basically undone all the threading of those muscles down there, those ligaments down there, it's never going to be what it was before, and you're and you're going to be that much more susceptible to a sprained ankle again. And when you've had it, yes. you know, as a guy who's had an ACL tear and it had to come back from that, um, even today it's been what a year and a half since the since the the tear and. I still deal with muscle stiffness around it. I still deal with cramping. Um, it takes it roughly about two years for the average Joe for for you to get a full recovery. For an athlete, obviously much less, but the odds of you having a second tear, as you saw with Sam Bradford, is actually pretty high. And it's usually once you have your second tear in that same leg that it, it sticks. But, I mean, if you tear an ACL, you're out depending on what position you are, if you're a tackle. Yeah, you can be back in six months if you're a, pro, a more of a you know, high speed position player, wide receiver, running back. It's going to be more like eight or nine months. In that respect, your whole career 
can be a train wreck in a hurry. So I, I don't think, given the fact that they have a definitive need for the future there, I don't think they go for him as much as I wish I could say they would. Yeah, I, I, I agree in this because, again, do you get one, two good years? Uh, but typically those those center positions, you want a guy that can go, you know, seven, eight, ten years. Uh, obviously, free agency plays a part in where a guy may stay or go. But for the most part, if you get a good person at that position, uh, they pan out for you you're more likely than not going to retain them. So uh, so that's kind of interesting. You bring up, that's making me think of something, you know, the metrics of how much are teams using this analytic thing in regards to how they're going to draft. You know what I mean? Because if you say, oh, it's a dollar figure to slot this person or a person needs to be certain number of years or we can get a rookie. It's, it'll, it, it, I would like to be in there just to see how much the analytics are playing out in the Ram draft room. Uh, I'm interested in seeing that too. I'm interested in seeing you know, how they reworked it, especially since they, since they were one of those teams that did not really go out for visits this year. Like They, they stayed back. and you know, I thought last year they did a good job of making the draft work despite you know, the limitations of it, but I'm wondering if they'll pay that price of not making visits this year. I'm very curious as to how it's going to work. But, you know, I can't knock them until we see what happens. They've earned, I think, some leeway. They finally have a, a, an organization now that is a four straight winning seasons. They've developed players very well in the mid-late rounds of the draft. They have, I think, the third most, um, the third highest ratio of homegrown players in the We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The league in terms of on the roster still. So I don't believe that you can, I can really criticize much right now until later on. I mean, I'm going to reserve judgment because as much as I want to be the quote expert here. There, the the Rams organization has been kind of a forerunner for so many different things in the last three or four years. Uh, there's no way I can judge it, honestly. Uh, real quick before we move on, before I forget, really, really appreciate if you would head over to Apple Music and leave us a five star review. It helps us out, helps keep build charts, helps just a whole way around. Or anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe. Okay, we appreciate that. And real quick, here's a word from our sponsor. 
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. All right, Mike, so, I mean, are you... I'm guessing that I mean, I'm guessing you and I are both pretty comfortable with with where the Rams are going right now in terms of the organization leading in this draft. Uh, there are question marks, but you know, you mentioning a big man there. Are there any other guys right now you think are there to keep an eye on that you think will work for this team? As far as the uh, the draft, one is real interesting to me. Uh, they're talking about one of the wideouts from uh, USC. Amon Ra St. John. Uh, and coincidentally, my offensive coordinator coached him and his brother, the St. John brother. There's three of them. Uh, but he coached this this young man in, in high school. So it'll be interesting to see if he ends up uh, getting picked by the Rams and staying close to home. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Uh, Amrod uh, St. John, a mm-hmm. uh, receiver from USC. But my uh, my offensive coordinator here at my high school coached him uh, when they were at Servite uh, some years ago. Him and his three brothers said they were pretty good, but apparently he only ran a 4.6140. So at his, you know, the pro day. So they go, uh, maybe not. Yeah, I saw a mock on, I saw a mock with, the Rams taking him in with their first pick. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I stopped reading that mock right away because I didn't take it seriously at that point. At 5'11 receiver, 4'61, I know, I mean, at their first pick, when they have other needs, and they just went and got, you know, Deshaun Jackson. I'm like, ah, no, no, no. This is, if that's where you're going, and then there's no centers on his draft at all, I'm like, I'm not taking you seriously, man. I'm not. They, if he's their third round, they might take the guy. But at 5'11", 4'6", they're not going to do that. They need, they need a guy who can run down that. So they, they need a speedster out there. You know, the, Jackson's a, 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 he's a Band-Aid. If he, if he stays healthy, he's a Band-Aid. Otherwise, they're going to hope for Van Jefferson to finally kind of break out. Which I'm wondering yeah. if that's the Rams' plan this year. Is the Rams' plan to finally put the ball in Jefferson's hands? It should have been their plan last year. I agree, but yeah, and but yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's funny how when you just kind of sit back and just really evaluate, like, okay, how much sense does that make? Maybe they do it with a later round pick, but yeah, you're not coming into the draft probably drafting that guy. I mean, yeah, I I look for the Rams to go. Pass rush early. If there's one there, I expect to go pass rush early. Pass rush, not tackle. Pass rush early, and then address the offensive line. Because hmm. the, the pass rushers are going to be there mainly in those first two rounds. So if there's one that fits, their, fits them, perfect. Now, listen, there's a better offensive line prospect there for them because they have two they need to really fill, both center and tackle. If they can find a guy that can, they can work around the line, I expect to I expect to address that first, but that's where I would think they would go. Now, honestly, Mike, 
they are so unorthodox in how they think sometimes that my predictions are absolutely usually meaningless. Norm is usually pretty good, better at figuring them out than I am. But the needs are so, in my view, are so obvious. I'm thinking they're going pass rush early. Just because those skill guys are there early. Once they get into the third, fourth round, it's hard to find that pass rusher you're looking for. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, this particular draft uh, I'm looking at, it has offensive tackle Brady Christensen from BYU, and then it has an edge rusher in the fourth round, uh, Chauncey Golston from Iowa. But this is what is the intrigue of the draft because what messes up the draft is absolutely what another team does or doesn't. You know what I mean? Because if you're spending, say, these last two months, like really trying to pinpoint, you know, what other teams are going to do, and then you're basing your draft, okay, this guy should probably be here, so on and so forth, and then that guy isn't, what do you do? And then what if you get someone else like, oh, man, we never thought that guy was going to be available to us, and we we snatch him. So. That's to me where a lot of the intrigue comes. Do you do they go like you say, man, we should go edge Russia first? Or do you go with a number of prospective draft boards would say go with a, a offensive tackle or like you said, a hybrid lineman that you can work around and, and maybe play multiple positions? So that's what that's what it gets exciting for me, because you just don't know until draft picks start happening. Yeah, we don't know. And we don't know like how other teams will affect the Rams draft board. They're, the Rams are usually pretty good at moving around. I, I got to think, I mean, here's prediction number two for you. You know they'll have at least one trade, right? That's a safe, that's a safe prediction. How about two? I'm going one. Do you think they'll do more than one? Uh, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking definitely one. That's why I'm thinking... They must have a a plan for center because if they haven't addressed it now, and again, do you want to address the center in the draft, especially if you don't have a number one? Uh, I'm not sure, you know, the last number of drafts, if if a center has gone number one. But again, typically, I think you can find center. uh, Berm Brosick was who I was thinking about back back Mm -hmm. in my day. but. I don't know. Can can you find what you want to find in which round? So, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, again, I I, I think I would I would go I would still go O line before I went edge rusher. I mean, just to, I think it's kind of inter inter you know interchangeable at this point. They're almost equal needs. So what's there? What is there? And I got to think more than likely it'll be the edge guy there. And you could oftentimes find, especially center, third round-ish that will start for you. You can find that. Now, finding a good edge rusher in the third round, that those are hard to come by. Because there's usually a run in them. In that first and second round, there's usually a good run on pass rushers to the point where now you're, you're really trying to find those diamonds in the rust come you know third and fourth round. Doesn't mean the Rams can't do it. But, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, again, they they show themselves pretty steady and pretty uh, adept at getting those guys who pan out in the right round, the right spot, and right position. So I look for them to carry on that tradition. Uh, but again, I think every all hands on deck. You know, I think that the 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 signing of Deshaun Jackson means they're really trying to get back to the Super Bowl this year. The signing of obviously Matt Stafford, uh, the re-signing of a number of guys uh, to a little bit longer contracts, restructuring to just shore up some things. So now it's just a matter of getting those pieces, filling those spots, and then not so much rebuilding but reloading. I mean, that's what they need to do. And they have to do it more this year than they ever had before. They have, they've lost so many players and so many coaches. This is like a real deal reloading, you know, that they actually have to make this magic happen. And they have, they have to make it happen quickly. They have Matt Stafford for a couple of years, and who knows what happens then? Who knows if he stays healthy long enough after that? So um, that's my opinion. I mean, what about late in the draft? What do you see for them? Later in the draft, uh, again, I think they're just going to feel some needs, maybe a couple secondary guys. I definitely know they should be picking up a backer of some sort. Uh, but then there's just, you know, filling in some of those other needs. Wide receiver seems to keep coming up. There seems to be uh, this to be a heavy wide receiver draft, maybe not so much like first and second round type guys, but solid players that you can bring in to really, you know, add a little depth at the receiver position. Again, you know, Cooper Cuff is steady for sure. Uh, but again, he's coming off uh, some knee surgery. And then uh, though he, you know, played excellent down the stretch, I think with the addition of Stafford, he's going to reemerge as a, a high quality target. Uh, but I still think that re- receivers going to use up one of those spots in those lower rounds. I mean, that's I just don't. I think it's going to be a certain kind of receiver they get. I'm pretty sure they'll draft one, but I mean, there's going to be needs at corner. There's going to be needs at safety. Needs at receiver. I gotta think that honestly, it's going to take it's going to take a bit more mocks than usual for them to get every need. And if there's a position. If there's a position that's going to be waiting at the end, I think it will be receiver because they're they're good for now. Now they might not be for 2022, but they're good for now, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. If there's other things to fill, they're going to fill those first. I mean, if they need a receiver come camp, somebody will cut somebody. They always do. Yeah, that's that's you know, I mean, we're seeing that across the board, you know, especially with this cap. Uh, this year being lower, uh, that's where some surprises may happen. And and you know what? Maybe maybe it will be two trades on on that day. Now that I think about it, because the way these salary caps are this year, you know, you still got people like, man, we got to clear up some space. And yeah, maybe there is some other trades out there that uh, that will show themselves pretty quickly. I mean, there might be. Now, you think, uh, you think Jacksonville is, is going to take Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. I think, it's a, I think that's the easiest one for, to expect them to take. I think the real mystery is going to be 
Justin Fields from Ohio State, where does he go? Now, playing devil, devil's advocate, though, anyway, what if the Jacksonville wanted to trade out of that pick? What would they get for that? For Lawrence? Yeah. I get a lot, man. <laughs> I mean, I, he's athletic. He's six six, athletic national title winner. He's the total package right now in terms of your pro type NFL quarterback in twenty twenty one. And honestly, the rest of the class is not all that impressive to me. Outside of him, the next guy with potential to me is Justin Fields, but Justin Fields has question marks. So, I mean, he's about as close to a sure bet as you're getting. At least in my view. So I think you're going to go, you're going to throw something pretty deep in there. I mean, do you agree, disagree? I mean, there's a well, reason why you asked that question. I, I just, I just sometimes I think of something crazy. Like, what if, what if they actually, you know, because I know him and I think it's his wife now. They made a donation uh, to some organization in Jacksonville. And they're like, oh, it's a pretty sure bet. He's going to be, you know, Jacksonville Jaguar. They're already doing stuff in the community. But I go, you know, some crazy things happen on draft day. What if they said, you know what, we can get, you know, twos of this and twos of that and couple linemen or running whatever they need, you know, at their team now. And then, you know, maybe they sign a Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know. So it it just is always intriguing to see that, man, it seems like it's a done deal, a sure, you know, as they say, once in a lifetime pick. But what if they just pull the trigger and like, you know what, we're just going to take a haul for this kid and, and call it a day. I don't think they will, though, because they have such a need at quarterback. I mean, if they didn't have that big a need, then maybe they don't. But their their need for quarterback is is about as is about as needy as needy can be. Let's just say that. I mean, I, if they had other options that were they can help them compete quickly, I mean, my, I guess maybe they go for it, but. You'd have to throw them like you have to you have to do a Herschel Walker kind of deal, I think, to get them to move. Anybody got a Herschel Walker deal for him? Yeah, I don't know, but I was just like, wow, man, you probably could get a, a haul <laughs> this year. You can. I mean, it's not a bad quarterback class at all, but this quarterback class really only has you know Trevor Lawrence as the defensive. It guy and everybody else has a lot more question marks. I like Justin Fields because Justin Fields just has, you know, he's he's athletic. He's got a great arm. He's you know done well under pressure in two years at Ohio State. Uh, he's he's really kind of stood in the pocket in some really rough rough uh, games there, especially that you know against Clemson and against Alabama. I mean, I've seen him really kind of rise to the occasion. Multiple times. But he was diagnosed with epilepsy. So you're kind of like, well, you know, that's... They're saying it's not going to matter. It'll be all right. But it's epilepsy, man. 
This is your franchise quarterback. So I just don't know what people are going to do with him. There's been a couple of question marks about him, a couple of rumors about him that I know aren't true, but in today's media world, that doesn't usually matter. So, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is it. Someone's going to fall out. Yeah, with him. I didn't. I'm just looking at some, some things. I didn't realize he was 6'6. Six, six. Yeah. Dude's. Yeah. He's a big dude. 6'6, 220. Well, 6'6, 220 with a great arm, uh, with with really polished, you know, at the skill center. I mean, to lead a, a top program in Clemson, I mean, the pedigree's there. Like, and, and there really isn't anybody like him in this year's draft. So. I mean, you're talking like a Herschel Walker trade, seriously. Definitely more than what the Rams gave for Jared Goff. That's how I view it. Definitely longer. Oh, for sure. I mean, so, hey, before we roll out of here, what are your predictions for the rest of the NFC West? The 49ers, give me one prediction for them. Give me one prediction for the Seahawks. Give me one prediction for the Cardinals. Well, I think the 49ers, Something that still, to me, feels this odd. I don't see uh, their quarterback coming back. I mean, they've done everything but to say, yeah, man, we don't want you to drop. So I, I think there's something going to happen uh, with them on 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 draft day. I don't, I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. I just, you know, I mean, why would he? I mean, they, they've done everything but sell his car out from under him. So. Uh, that'll be interesting. I wouldn't doubt still with uh, Seattle, you know, the, some of the, the grumblings with the Russell Wilson thing has died down, but that's still in the, in the rear view as well. So getting back to your point about how these draft day things can just start taking a twist and turn, you know, you have, again, the, the situation in Frisco, in my opinion, you still have, you know, some quiet murmurings with uh, – Russell Wilson in Seattle, and then on to, you know, the cards. I think they just are going to look to shore up. I would think that they may go with another receiver. Uh, They got one of the best in the business, but you have to have a little bit of a compliment to to go with him. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. You know what actually happens on on draft day. I think after we get through probably the first five picks, you'll be able to start being real predictable on what other teams are going to do. I think for the Cardinals, expect a running back in the first two rounds. They need one desperately. Uh, receiver running maybe. Back? Oh yeah, they. I mean, they're just not set there. They're not. Well, they got Johnson. I mean, he's solid. No, they don't. They traded him. Remember? When? Last year. He's, he's been gone for a year. Oh, yeah. He went to the Texans. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they had Kenyon Drake there, but they, they need a little bit more. They, they need it. needs. They need more. They had Chase Edmonds there. They had a couple guys there, but, you know, they lack depth and they really could use a running back out there. Receiver, sure. Hey, but, you know, don't forget corner. Don't forget corner. Patrick Peters is gone. There's a gap there. He went to the. Yeah. But I think Patrick was. I don't know. Well, he was on his. He was starting to head over the hill there, but he still filled a gap they needed. 
Well, yeah. you know, you got a veteran guy who's been there, you know, stable in the mm-hmm. locker room community. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately with, you know, and maybe this is personal opinion, uh, not maybe, it is. You know, I think it's unfortunate with with Patrick is like getting hit with the PED thing. I, You know, you just never expect a guy like that. But, you know, he said hey, it was something else. But that's always interesting to see why guys take chances on things like that. But anyway, go ahead. I mean, I'm looking at the rest of the, league, the rest of Division Two. The 49ers, you know, I think the belief is they're going to take a quarterback this entire reason you move up. In that top three, you get a quarterback. I'm guessing it'll be, you know, a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I'm hoping it's not Justin Fields, man. Justin Fields, to me, has has the highest floor there. And I got to think that it's the highest ceiling. He's the highest ceiling there. And he'll be a real problem for offenses if the, Ram, if the 49ers take Fields. So I'm hoping really anybody but Fields for them. I'm looking, I'm thinking whatever else they need. I mean, they need, they're going to need some offensive line help. They're going to need some secondary help. I mean, they always, for whatever reason, need receiver help. So there's still a lot that the 49ers are as, as talented as they are. They need some help in various places. And then for the Seahawks, are they ever, Mike, are they ever going to address that offensive line? Dear gosh. <laughs> Getting well, that poor man killed. I mean, that's what you're saying, but I, I got I have to kind of agree with you. Like, seriously, how can you not give that man an offensive line? Or at least, you know, something that looks like you're trying to help, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it just is he just gonna be like, Oh, you guys gonna really do this again? And by then he's like, Yeah, guys, I'm done here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I said. We're going to know probably with after those first five picks how teams should start kind of falling in order, but it'll just be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree, man. Are they, you know, I think to his detriment, his ability to escape and and do all those things, I just figured they must like, hey, man, we don't really need to address that because Russell just, you know, he'll keep a play going for 20 minutes and then he'll find someone. But you know, again, you get married, your wife says, hey, hon, no, they need to do something. And now you got three children all together. And so, yeah, other things become a little bit more important. I mean, yeah, no more of this whole getting yourself killed out there. And I think the whole reason he was unsatisfied, he's tired of getting killed too. That, hey, that division right now, look at the defensive lines. You got Aaron Donald in Los Angeles. You got JJ Watt and company in Arizona, and the 49ers front seven, which is nasty. He's looking at that going, I gotta play these guys six times a year, and yes. plus add in the rest of the schedule. I'm tired of getting killed. He's been able to avoid injury for the most part of his career. But sooner or later, Mike, that's going to happen. And it's going to be an injury that he's not going to come back from for months. You know, that's it, 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 the way he moves, the way he has to run, that's an ACL injury waiting to happen. Knock on wood, I would never wish on anybody, even, even a rival. But for Russell Wilson, he's... I know as Rams fans, we don't, you know, we don't tend to cheer for the guy or anything, but, I mean... 
Nobody wants to see the guy get hurt either. Nobody wants to see him get hurt. You, you'd rather your team beat that team at their best. He's still one of the best in the league. I don't want to see the guy get hurt, but he's got me thinking, help me. I mean, help me. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I think because he has played baseball, that allows him to do some different things. Uh, same with our quarterback in Arizona. You know, those guys can do a little bit, you know, they know how to really slide because they've done it. You know, they know how to steal bases because they've done it. You know, they know how to round a bag. And so you can, you know, maybe expect them to, to be able to escape a little more than the other average guys. But as you know, he's now 32 mm-hmm. and he's been running pretty much all his career. You know what I mean? So. Uh, he may be feeling like, yeah, guys, I'm going to do everything I can to keep in shape, but it doesn't matter. No one outdoes father time. You know, I've been on this thing these last probably three weeks, you know, before I shut it down at night, I pull up all these uh, four by one relays of the U.S. track teams, you know what I mean, from you know, the 80s and then the 90s and the four by four teams, right? Women and men. And I remember like, oh man, I remember when Carl Lewis was unbeatable. And then eventually he became beatable. You know, same with Evelyn Ashford, unbeatable, became beatable. You know, Haven Moses had, you know, credible record, didn't win, lose a race for, I don't know, 10, 12, 13, I don't know, something crazy. Uh, But eventually, so guys know eventually speed is going to leave you, you know, happened with Deion Sanders. The only thing with him, he was like four, two guys. So when he got slow, he still was running a four five, maybe a low four, four. So he still was fast, though he was getting slower. But yeah, to your point, Russell Wilson, his thing is like, yeah, man, I'm only a couple licks away from, uh, you know, a lot of different things, especially, as you said, the D-lines he has to face. Not like once or twice a year, they're in his division. But that's the thing, is that's been a problem for years now, and they never, well, won't say never, they almost never address it, and they definitely never address it well. And uh, I have to think this is the year they do that, because if your quarterback's unhappy there, yeah, it wrecks your whole team. I'm just saying, I mean, if the quarterback's unhappy, everything changes, then he Russell Wilson happy. This is the first time we've seen him verbalize that. So I gotta think this is the year they address it. And they don't have a whole a lot of their needs they have. They need they have a need at the edge position. I mean, but that's a pretty solid roster overall. Your quarterback needs to be happy. So I'm betting offensive line with their few picks they have in this draft. Early. I think they'll finally do it. Now, do I hope they're wrong? Yeah. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Shame. Do I hope hope they don't do that? But, I mean... I I, I mean, honestly, if I'm Russell Wilson, dude, I've been ticked. Because they do this every year. They do this every year. Listen to this. They're ranked technically 14th this year by... Who is this? Uh, Jake Lapino. But anyway, I'm just looking at these stats they have in here. 
2015 sacked 45 times, tied third most in the league. The next year, 16, 41 times, tied for second most in the league. 217, sacked 43 times, fourth. Uh, 218, 51 times, tied for third. Uh-huh. 219, 48 times, tied for the most. And then last year, 2020, 47, third most in the league. You mean you've never been less than fourth and higher getting sacked and all these, you know what I mean? But you know what's crazy that too, Mike? You know, a person just can look at those stats and say, well, isn't he doing anything to get away? Isn't he doing anything to get up? He does a lot. The guy runs for his life every, life every game. This is not on Russell Wilson. This, this is on the Seahawks. This is not Russell Wilson. Every single time. What if it's not Russell Wilson? Are those are those double? You know what I mean? If it's not Russell Wilson, just think of it as like a guy like a Peyton Manning or even like Brady. You know, maybe they're just getting rid of the ball. I don't know. But let's just say it's a guy that's more average of getting away. You're talking easily in the 70s, right? Yeah, and think about this. For all those Russell Wilson haters out there, because it's easy again, it's easy for us to hate on because they're our tribal. Where are the Seahawks in the last decade without him? Where are they in the last? Yeah, it's brutal. They're probably last in the division every year, or close to it. I I mean, this is he has put that team on their shoulders, on the shoulders. I mean, they've had stars there, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, in those years where things weren't going right, I mean, he's been Superman for a reason. So, just want to point that out there. All right, man, we are prepped and ready to go. Expect podcast after podcast this week for for the draft. It is time. It is time. You'll see. We're going to cover the first 10 or so picks on draft night, and then we'll be in full... We'll be in full podcast mode on Friday night when the Rams finally get actual picks. <laughs> finally get to go. And then on Saturday, we'll do the cleanup job. Sunday, we'll be back to break it all down for you. So we have a big week ahead of ahead of us. Join us here, both for this Rams Talk Radio Show and Bunny Heads. In the meantime, follow, follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. Follow Mike on Twitter at 1Do23. Follow us overall at Talk Rams. We're also available on Facebook. Look for the Facebook group. Uh, Rams Talk Room, also the overall page, and of course, go follow what our writers do at RamsTalk.net. We love to have you over there. Okay, Mike, any last words before we get out of here? Hey, man, I think it's uh, getting excited. Draft day is almost here. Draft day. Gotta watch the movie now. In the meantime, we're out of here. We're out. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.